What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to New Hill Talks, a podcast for the members and regular attenders of New Hill Church. My name is Michael Meadows. I'm the lead pastor at New Hill Church. And this is Mark Sherry, a pastoral candidate. Yeah, brother. All right, we're into June. We uh, we have some celebration today. Yes, uh, we as do. of this morning, what are we what are we celebrating? We are celebrating the death of babies being murdered. Roe v. Wade has been overturned by the Supreme Court in a majority rule. So what does that do? So that basically kicks the power or decision-making back to each individual state rather than it being a federal quote-unquote law, which it technically was not. But they viewed it that way. Yeah. So now power's back in the states, which really is how it should be. I mean, when you go back to our formation as a country and and whatnot, um, giving the power back to the states is, is the best thing to do for, for so many reasons, and then have the, the federal government make sure that they're playing fair game. Right, right. Uh, so pretty simple, um, but, you know, this is a huge decision. Um, it's something, you know, peace should be prayed for right now. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what will come of it. Um, will there be mass riots? I don't know. It could be. Um, will there be small-scale things and attacks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Um, at this point, it's it's all unknown. But we do know one thing for sure is that it is good um, that that happened for sure. And you know, I remember um, this is one of those things that I think is important to just to just note for for believers uh, real quick. I was told by um, a good friend who typically votes third party, so I'll make it clear that they're consistent. They're not just voting for some right. terrible tyrant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to, like, throw out any names for that. Just saying, like, they're not voting for a horrible person and saying, well, God's in control. But they told me the likelihood of Roe v. Wade being overturned was v- very small. So, like, don't don't get your hopes up. And it, it's kind of tough to just vote on this one thing alone. Though they agree that it's it's wrong and, you know, abortion is, is not good. Um, and now I look back and I'm like, man, it, it's good that you vote for these kind of people. Because eventually things do take a, a change and take a turn. And... Really, it, it kind of started with, um, what's her name, her passing? Uh, Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, and yeah. and then like the the pushing someone through really fast. Right, uh, right. Uh, and they weren't happy about that, but I mean, ultimately, Amy I mean... Amy Coney like, Barrett, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is a big thing here. Yeah, this, this, is, this is massive. I mean, this is really a historic day. And, and you know, on your point, it, it's amazing to see how God can use a broken person like Donald Trump, uh, flaws and all, to accomplish such a great feat in our country and in our history, really. Uh, and it seems so, like your friend thought, it seems so unlikely, it's, it's almost surreal. Uh, so, you know, when you, when you look at leftism today, it, it's actually a religion. It is, it, is, um, it is a high-order high religion where you have talking points, and they have the two sacraments, which are LGBTQ uh, as the one, uh, and then they have abortion as their other. And I think, I think abortion is probably their highest sacrament, and now you, you take that away from uh, a good portion of the people, maybe half the country will, will ban it, uh, and there, there's going to be outrage. Just, just like if you took our two sacraments away, we would be outraged. And so it, it is, it is a delightful experience, but also we're bracing for for what might come. 
uh, as a result. But I'm, I'm just so happy we're, we're headed on a better trajectory than we were. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. Um, yeah, it, it is surreal. It, it's, pretty, it's pretty wild. Um, what time did you say the decision was made? I didn't see the time. I got a text about like two, two hours ago. Yeah, yeah. Some, somewhere around there, about, about 10, two and a half hours ago. And it was so, like, it actually didn't sink in because I was working and I was busy. And then probably 30, 45 minutes, I became elated. I thought, this is this has happened. I mean, this is here. Um, couldn't, couldn't believe I had to check a couple sources. And, yep, sure was overturned. So, especially when CNN is saying that it's overturned, then it's probably... Yeah. Well, you know, it's a good day, too, because we haven't done this in forever. So that's, you get you get that news, you nice, get the podcast. Yeah. And nice weather. That's yeah. kind of a th- And minimal work here. today, right? You that's said, right. Yeah, you said it hasn't been a heavy workload easy, day. Easy workload. Yeah, good. Very good. Um, before we go any further, uh, Pastor Mark, we're going to scoot back to that outlet because my uh, computer just jumped oh. down in, in battery. So excuse the noise for just a second. If I don't cut it out, uh, my bad. If you want to go ahead and scoot your chair, it's all the oh, way back Oh, we're doing there. it there. All right. Yeah. Look at this. This is, this is on the fly, that way we folks. Don't, we don't cram ourselves back into that little corner. This is true I'm ingenuity grab my right chair there. and then we'll be ready to roll again. Yeah, he, he's going to grab you. You'll hear that screeching across the floor and dragging it. You can't see, you, but do I you need help. Do you need help with your chair, I just picked up my chair all by myself. <laughs> it's because I'm from West Virginia. <laughs> That's one. So while we wait on Michael to grab his charger, I'll give you a good West Virginia cho- uh, joke here. Actually, I won't because uh, I'm back. I don't want to offend him and he's back. No, go ahead and tell the people. Tell uh, the people uh, uh, okay. your right. sinister little you joke. Can, you can cut it if you don't like it, but <laughs> why can't you solve any murders in West Virginia? Because everybody's got the same bloodline. And there's no dental records. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, somebody out there smiled. Somebody, probably me when I'm re-listening to this. Oh, look at this. This outlet's not going to be working. It was almost a perfect day. <laughs> almost. We had th- we're, oh, man. We're three for four, folks. Can you lick the Rofi? charger real quick? Yeah, sure, let me. Oh, man. Is it really not working? It is really not working. That's no, all right. We can, isn't there another one over here? It's like smashed into this corner. Let's go here. Yeah, folks, lesson learned. Um, when you <laughs> when you're doing a podcast, make sure you have an outlet and more importantly, a charged computer. You know, that's I have to get on my wife and kids about charging their tablets and computers. They'll let it go down to like two percent, and then borrow my charger. Um, but I'm not that I'm not as irresponsible personally. Let's see. Look, the Try irresponsible attempt, part attempt is the cigar lounge not having an outlet that works. This one works. It works successfully. It took a second to <laughs> pop on, so it may not be charging it well. Um, okay, so there was some good news. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, too, and I don't know how much you kept up with it, but the uh, the Southern Baptist Convention had their annual meeting. Right. Um, and this is big, and, and I wanted to touch on this a little bit, and I know I'm throwing you off guard. Um, but I knew when we met again that it would be important to go over it because we left the SBC last year um, and we were going to leave the SBC altogether and we found out we could continue partnering with the state. So we still partner with the State Convention of Baptists in Ohio because every level of the SBC is autonomous. That means they're separate entities um, but working together. So you've got the national level, uh, you have the state level, 
the local association level, which covers certain counties, like the Summit Association we used to be a part of. We're no longer a part of um, the Summit Association, uh, mainly for a benefit factor, like are we benefiting them? Are they, is, is there a mutual partnership here where we're helping one another? Um, to, to that level, we said uh, not so much. The national level we left because of some concerns, uh, sex abuse, uh, the uh, swinging away from complementarianism, which we'll get into in just a second. Um, but all of that came pretty much to fruition, uh, church. So I would say that our decision to leave in the fall of 2021 was the right decision because here we are in June of 2022. Yep. Um, they just had their annual meeting and it was a dumpster fire. Um, now you'll read that uh, a lot of people had a good time and they're excited about the direction of it. And, and that's, there, there's some truth there as far as, hey, we're still planting churches, we're still sending missionaries, there's still a lot of good coming about. But there's also that fine line of like, what truth are we going to leave behind? What foundational pillars are we just going to let crumble down? And then eventually down the road, it'll all come crumbling down. We'll end up fighting with one another. And that's not something that we wanted to be a part of. And we didn't want to be linked to uh, what we now know is like 700 sex abuse yeah. Uh, scandals from the 90s to now that were covered up, like just kind of suppressed and, and thrown into a filing cabinet at the... That's from what I read, like they literally had it all like reported but didn't actually report it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, crazy. So, uh, yes, I, I just wanted to hit on that and talk about that for just a second. And we, um, we, we have the right to leave and we had all yeah. the validation. So this isn't like, oh, see, glad we're right. No, we were right to leave. And this is just further proof that they are headed in the wrong direction. And there's still some great leaders there. From what I yes. heard, Juan said, Sanchez, um, a reformed guy still in the SBC, um, he gave uh, the sermon uh, there and they said it was it was fire it was amazing gave some good vision right but then you had rick warren get up and give his farewell address <laughs> um now now this is this is what i want to talk the founder about founder of the sbc it, yeah if you're a rick warren fan um please don't take this as like any knock to what the lord has done through him uh the lord not only uses broken people he's already saved that just like don't ever get sanctified or like have like left that behind at some point um but he also uses unregenerate people to, to bring people to himself. Yeah. So all that to say, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Rick Warren at the, the convention, not really maybe the Rick Warren you have read about and known. But he got up and gave a six-minute address, and you can watch it all on YouTube, and it's not snipped up, and it, it's all in context. And it was very egocentric. Um, you know, he kept – he would, I think opened it up. There's, there's a hundred – Southern Baptist churches in this county, and we planted 90 of them. And then he paused. Like, first off, like, really cool. Like, that, that is awesome. But, like, the pause for an, uh, the pause for an applause is, is a little bit much. And he kept doing it. But, but his whole thing was because a year ago, so just before last year's convention that me, you, and Gary went to, um, he had ordained two or three women as pastors mm -hmm. at their church. So then in this address this year, because his church is up for disfellowship, they were about to remove them. Um, he's given the mic, which is, it was out of order. Um, he's given the mic, doesn't announce who he is because he's Rick Warren, doesn't really need to. His accolades speak for themselves, apparently. Um, and proceeds to like discuss that pastoring is not just an office, but is also a gift. But then 
goes on to implement these people into this office just because they have a gift, which is totally up for debate anyways, like the, the gift and office. Like I, I don't even understand. Um, but it was further proof by everybody saying, um, a, a lot of people saying like, yeah, we should ha- have room for people who agree with that. Like that yeah. complementarianism's out the window. Like they don't have to, to abide by that. And it's like, how far do we go before we're just, there's no foundation. It's just a free for all yeah. because, Hey, if we love Jesus, then like the rest doesn't matter. Um, and, and that's a huge problem. Um, and it's, it's one of the reasons that we have statements of faith, um, which is really what we're going to get into here. Um, and I think you're going to share a meme. So, so what, what Pastor Mark's about to get into, the memes from the Rick Warren thing were hilarious. It said, let the words of Rick Warren flow like the, uh, the water out of the rock for the Israelites. Uh, it, was, it was hilarious. Uh, and, and context, too. I'll give you one more quote uh, from him, which will make the memes make sense. He said, I've, trained, I've personally trained 1.1 million pastors. And, brothers, that's more than all of our seminaries combined. Like, that's crazy. That's like 40 people a day for 43 years right. that he would have had to train. So, um, obviously, it was, it was definitely exaggerated. But the memes have been hilarious, which another yeah. reason to love the Internet and not delete Facebook. And there's too many good ones. Um, if you go on, like, the Reform Pub or uh, Facebook groups like that, you can you can see some of the memes. But yeah, he said, I preached over 120 Harvest Crusades before I was 20, baptized 56 some thousand new believers, you know, just goes on with these statistics. And it's so it's so arrogant, which their numbers are amazing. It's 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 amazing. But but like throwing it out there like this is and 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 also it's it's shallow. I think some of the ministry itself has been shallow and the fruit has not been there. Much like the Billy Graham crusade. Look, God has done much, had done much through Billy Graham in the past. Um, but there was no, there was very little discipleship and, and follow through. So right. I thank God for the fruit. I know people who've been saved through his ministry. I don't mean to, you know, overly critique him, but there's more to it than that. And that is just planting and then there's watering and, and growing. And Well, I mean, what would Joel Osteen's numbers be? Yeah, how many people be, have they led to the Lord? And yes. how many has he trained? And right. so like, do we let him into the SBC because he's got like these amazing mm-hmm. accolades? Like the answer is no, like, yeah, no, I, we don't because... I, I, I know people who were saved at Jehovah's Witness halls because they misunderstood the message. But are we going to promote them because because someone was saved through that? No, God God Himself saves on His own. Yeah, who was the and, priest that said that about about Jesus? Um, he made the point. He said it's better for one man to die. Oh, for uh, the nation. Chi- and, Caiaphas. Yeah, yeah. yeah he said that, and like he didn't mean it the way right, like right. it's meant. And it's like you read that, and you're like, man, that's powerful. Yeah. But they heard that, and like. Yeah, I mean, he, he did not mean it how it came out. Right. Um, and right. you think about how he meant it, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. And it's like, but it doesn't make sense in God's story. Like, it's better for Jesus to die for all, you know, like yeah. for his people. Yeah. Yeah, than for all but, to suffer I, and die I, to separate it. One thing I love about Michael is he's very strategic. <clears throat> he claims to not have this agenda, but he certainly does with the podcast. And I think, I think it's because he's quick-witted. Um, how you just basically teed up the topic with with the the moving goalposts right around confessions yeah that the sbc has these moving goalposts there's no there's no lines that have been drawn they just keep on moving back and by the way one one great analogy and i think this pertains to our personal life is 
uh, in olden times, people would mark their, their territory with uh, trees or rocks. That'd be kind of their property line. Or they would even put uh, some kind of statue or some kind of object there. And thieves would... Uh, Come by and neighbors, no, Next door neighbors... <laughs> Would would want their land. Sorry, so they I have would, a dog now. So <laughs> they would they would take those markers and they'd move them a few inches every day, and Ooh, that's you slick. really you you really don't notice it, but a few inches every day after a few years, they've gained a lot of territory, and that's that that is what has happened in the SBC. The the, the territory has just been moved a few inches every day, and then a few years later, you look, you're like, wow, look how far away it's gotten from the truth. And that, that goes for ourselves, too. When we make compromises, it's just another foothold for the devil, well, bit by bit. And for cooperation for you know, planting churches and sending out missionaries, it's like, it is important that we cooperate with people that, like, yeah, we don't agree with yes. everything on. Like, we're getting ready to have an Acts 29 assessment um, next month, and we're, we're praying that we would be able to join them because um, they're a reformed church planting organization that plants churches that plant churches all about multiplication, but they have reformed pillars. And one of the pillars, too, is complementarianism, which is one of our reasons for departing from the SBC. But do we agree with everybody in, in, that's a part of Acts 29 on every issue? No. You've got uh, some people that are a little bit more into social issues, not in the same way that like um, some organizations in America are, but like they're a little bit more drawn to uh, the poor and like those who are dealing with um, issues that, that you would find in, in urban centers, right? Uh, and it looks a little bit different than our ministry, but it, it doesn't go so far left. And then you've got uh, Presbyterians uh, that are a part of Acts 29, and, and they believe in baptizing uh, infants, but they don't do it the same way that the Catholic Church does. So we've got these pillars that we can say, like, yes, we don't agree, but hey, we're, we are planting churches around the globe together and strengthening one another while we do so. So it's like... We're willing to say, hey, yes, we can disagree on some things if we've got some really strong pillars that aren't being moved. They're so strong that they're not being moved um, inches uh, by inches each and every right. day. Right. And the SBC hit that point where and, – and, and when you talked about doing creeds and confessions uh, for the podcast, it just made sense to, to tee it up this way because I've seen online uh, amongst uh, Southern Baptist brothers – this, this discussion about the Baptist faith and message, which is, right. it's in our constitution and bylaws as a church because we said, hey, it is a good blanket statement. It allows us to, to disagree on some, some issues that are a little bit more secondary, but they're still important. But hey, we can disagree and still fellowship, break bread with one another, and continue on mission with one another without it being a hindrance. Um, and I saw people saying, well, it's not actually like our, our statement of faith. It's just kind of like a, you you agree or closely agree. And I'm like, what? So when we planted through the North American Mission Board, you had to be in full agreement. Now, when Rick Warren planted in the 80s, obviously complementarian was already, complementarianism was already in it. In 2000, they revised a few things, but it wasn't that. Um, so I don't know like, if he had to be in full agreement just to be a part of NAM, but it was surprising to me to hear that the SBC operates mm -hmm. as agree or closely agree. Yeah. And it's like, well, what does that word closely mean? Like <clears throat> right. how, how right. close is close? How close yeah. can you get to sin before you sin? Right? right. Like, and it's like, I'd rather like err on the side of caution and not get anywhere near that. So like, 
Like, why are we flirting with this? So it was just, it was mind-boggling to me to hear at that moment all these guys bickering about this statement of faith, which I thought was our, our confession, our statement of faith. Um, and then when you said that, I was like, yes, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about why creeds and confessions are important. Um, and, you know, we had even gone through the Tulip series. And it's important to, to note, even with that, like John Calvin didn't come up with the five points of Calvinism. Right. Uh, these Rick cre- Warren did. Yeah, Rick Warren did. <laughs> these creeds and confessions were written by Rick Warren, you know, like, but he doesn't abide by them. Uh, he just wrote them, you know, just to, to claim some more disciples. Um, but it, it is important because when the creeds and confessions were written, it wasn't a new understanding. It was to defend biblical understanding. Yes. Like what, what they were written for. Um, so we are a, uh, creedal and confessional church. Like we, your pastors, we, uh, we talk about them, um, whether or not you realize it, we, we preach like we believe them. And the reason is, is it's important because it, it holds up what we preach to be true. Um, these are, uh, the spiritual giants. I, there's another words. Is that it? Spiritual giants, yeah, spiritual that, giants. that have gone before us <clears throat> right. and fought this fight so we wouldn't have to. Like, hey, like you've got this confession. You can hold it up. You can tell people to read it because there's purpose in why every creed was written. It wasn't just like a song like, hey, let's write a new hit. Right. It was there was something that came up yeah. and they had to defend it. Um, and I like to say that, too, even with when you look at the councils and uh, when they met uh, to talk about the canon – some people will start to question like, oh, well, how is that process done? It doesn't seem right. What about the other books? And it's like, hold up. They only believed in the 66 books. Right. And they only had to have a council because other people tried to throw in new yes. things. So yeah. we should be thankful for those councils, not who we're adding to or keeping out of, but they were protecting it so that us and our children and grandchildren who would believe in our city, those who would come to Christ, would believe in the inerrant word of God. Right. So, like, these are things that we should be thankful for. And I wouldn't say that you need to be, like, super excited about it. Like, you're going to find different levels of excitement about different things in Christianity. But it is something for sure to not take for granted, uh, for they are good. So, let's start out with, uh, what are some of the creeds? Um, yeah, so you I, know. I, I actually have uh, an, a couple apps. The one, if, so I'm an Android user, if you go to the Play Store, you can just type in Creeds and Confessions. And since I know most of you all aren't, you just go to the App Store and you can type in Creeds and Confessions. And, Same thing will pop and, up, but better. And may God give you the wisdom to switch to Android if you're not on it. Uh, but, you know, like it gives you a list his, like in history of the major creeds, starting with the Apostles' Creed, which is a Trinitarian form. I believe in God the Father Almighty and in Jesus Christ and in the Holy Ghost. And it goes on. Then there's the Nicene Creed of 381. The which Ele- are like your two biggest. Th- those are your two biggest early church documents, um, confessions that were given. And by the way, creed simply means belief. It comes from the Greek word creed. Credo. It just means I, I believe. Um, then the Chalcedonian is 451, and this is pretty pretty short, but it's mostly around the person of Christ. Uh, and you just go down the line. You've got Luther's small catechism, the Augsburg Confession, Bel- Belgic Confession, which I absolutely uh, 
yeah, I, I do enjoy the Belgic. The 39 Articles, which is the, uh, the document the Church of England uses, Anglicanism uses that. Um, Heidelberg, and we can go through this. I was hoping maybe, you know, uh, Michael, you could share with me as, as we go through these, maybe one by one, and highlight some benefits of each. What is your, so, so we hold the Baptist faith a message, but what is your guilty pleasure? Do you have a guilty pleasure and a confession that maybe doesn't, that you don't align with? Or do you think... I don't align with? Yeah, just like there's things you might disagree with. So, so these are some things that you're going to be a little bit more familiar with. I think... I can't remember off the top of my head, and that's why I say, like, you'll know off the top of your head. Like, I, like, have read through most of them, but, like, remembering them, yeah, like, right, right. right off the bat. Um, I know the Apostles' Creed, uh, good, um, though the, the going and preaching in Hades is always, like, an interesting yeah, part yes. of the Apostles' Creed, right? Like, right. trying to figure that out. Um, the Nicene Creed dealt a lot with the Trinity, right? That the Trinity was yes. up for um, debate, um, or not really up for debate. That's what they were trying to say. Is it's not debatable. Um, the Athanasian is the one where really Athanasius, um, who coined the term Athanasius, uh, it's Mundo. It's basically Athanasius versus the world. That is a pretty detailed but short document on the Trinity. Okay. Um, the Heidelberg was good. I feel like yes. there were a few things in it. Am I wrong on that? Is the Heidelberg no, I, solid I love through and through? That. Yeah, the three. See, I'm not going to remember any of them as far as like disagreements um, off the top of my head. But uh, Heidelberg, Westminster, uh, yeah, I love. I do too. Um, That's and the Nicene. Obviously, the Apostles' Creed just goes back. But I mean, those three, I've I've enjoyed reading, and I remember reading them uh, just like word for word. Not not going to be able to pop it off my head. Um, but I do remember what was really cool about the Nicene was the. The dealing with the Trinity, because I, and even from the pulpit, like I've tried to really incorporate more of like Trinitarian preaching, like yeah. trying to explain the ministries of each Love person it. of the Trinity um, at some point in time. So yeah, how about so, you? Like so, I, so I'm I'm you know I, I hold most closely to the London Baptist Second Confession of 1689. Um, but I do know that there's a few things in there that I dis- trip. Yeah, yeah, I disagree. There's there's contentions I'll take with certain points there. But yeah, I'm a 16. Yeah, they're they're sure. they're they're a little less important. But I I actually prefer the Westminster Confession of 1446 or 47, depending on your your understanding the history. But um, the the Catechism for the Westminster starts off with one of the greatest questions that's ever been asked. What is the chief end of man? What is man's total purpose? To glorify God and enjoy him forevermore. Um, So that's another one is the Heidelberg Catechism, which Presbyterians use. It's part of the three forms of unity. So the three forms of unity, you'll see this in Reformed churches, are the Belgic, the Canons of Dor, and the Heidelberg. Um, Those are, are, if, if you ever hear that, three forms of unity, that's where you'll see it. And that's the one uh, that starts off with what is your only comfort in life and in death? Oh man, that is that is probably another favorite question of mine. But give us the, way, the answer. What's that? Give us the answer. Here, I'll get. I'll give you the whole answer here because it's what is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, and he has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. 
He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. I mean, if that doesn't put some fire in the heart for the Lord, I don't know, I don't know what does. Uh, but yeah, there, there's just so many confessions and having a general understanding. And I, I, I think, you know, it, it's not so much of a menu. I, I do think we should closely align with one, not, not perfectly, one for one, but closely align, align with one, but appreciate all the beauty and truth from the others. Um, some of them, you know, the, a, a creed is I believe, there's not gonna be questions. A catechism is a Q&A. So it's a form of teaching to say, you know, what is the chief end of man? Question, answer, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And it just goes through it and it's a great way. It's actually kind of a form of rabbinical teaching that they had back in uh, Jesus' day that, that Paul used a lot. You know, should we sin that grace may abound? By no means. So this, there's, there's beauty, um, you know, alongside, not alongside, the Bible is uh, the chief authority. Uh, and under the Bible, I would say, I love the historic creeds and confessions and catechisms. And then below that is the Constitution of the United States. Uh, but the, if, you know, like, it's like living in America and you don't know what the Constitution said. You, you, you've never read the, you know, the Declaration of Independence. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of cheap. To, to live in America and not know what it teaches. And I would argue that it's a little cheap to not know what the creeds and confessions teach because that's our heritage. That's our spiritual heritage from fathers who have gone before us. Um, Here's a, a, a few neat things. First, first off, question for you. Do you know the difference? So this is from an article uh, where I got this. I'm not like, didn't come up with this off the yeah. top of my head. Difference in confessions versus creed. Could you like explain that in like a quick... I, I, I could not know. So they explain it. Confessions are about what we believe. Uh, right. So I would say even, I think the statement of uh, the Baptist faith, the message 2000 is a statement of faith or a confession um, because it explains what we believe, right? Right. It, hits right. it. it says creed. So confessions are about what we believe. Creeds are about in whom we believe. Mm. Um, okay. So, because it deals with, yeah, yeah that, makes, deals that makes with sense. Not like we believe. So the apostles uh, uh, creed believe in God, the father, uh, you know, it goes on talking about whom. Ooh, um, I like this. Yeah, which is interesting because it kind of feels like a confessional creed. <laughs> yeah, it's, because I, but we believe in you know. God well, looking through the titles, that actually makes more sense. Yeah. Although the confessions contain the creed of right. who he is, but right. yeah, that's a good distinction. I like. And that. did you know, or do you know, the only creed? Um, that is the only creed to be adopted um, after the Bible. All right, here, hold on. This creed is the only document after the Bible that has officially been approved by the entire church. Which creed? I would say the Apostles' Creed. It is the Nicene Creed. Is it really? Now, oh, here's what it says. Oh, that's right. Cause... So here's what it, it, it says. So this is from an article from the Gospel Coalition talking about the history. Um, it says that the Apostles' Creed... Um, has been informally accepted by both Eastern and Western churches mm. and carries a universal uh, universality of respect. 
um, even though it was never formally approved by a church council, the Nicene Creed would be the only one, which is really interesting. Well, they're, they're so similar. Mm-hmm. The Nicene is basically an elaboration of the Apostles' Creed. Um, that's, I did not know that. That's, that's I didn't fascinating. Know that, but now, you, that doesn't mean all churches, by the way, church accepts that. Uh, right. It's just saying that that's the only document that the church, capital C Church, has approved um, afterward by some form of council. Yeah. Now we've gone so far from that kind of thinking and way of working that that's kind of out the door. I mean, in a lot of churches, the Bible is out the door. Uh, so, so, so let me let me just pose it this way. You know, if you're if you're listening and this just totally disinterests you, you're you're bored. Oh, talk about if you've something. Made it this talk about Rick Warren for goodness sake. Uh, much better topic. He would love that. He would love that, and he'd probably give a sermon on it too. Why we should do that. These losers but, in Madonna were talking about me. <laughs> Change it to one point taking my taking my name in vain. Uh, yeah. So so if this does um, not interest you, I, I would I would kind of phrase it in 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 this way in history in the early 1900s, uh, a group of Christians uh, they they fought against the creeds and confessions, and they held up the Bible and they said this is our only creed and confession. That group of people, they are now far left leaning against everything, most everything we stand for as Christians, right? They claim to be liberal Christians. So pretty much as a uh, regular Bible-believing Christian who actually believes the Bible, you would disagree with them on the majority of, of topics. And that, so I, I would say, if for nothing else, not just to find out where you land, but to, to what, what document Find out what document you think best reflects the scripture. Um, because without that framework, right, they're not just like cliff notes, although they, they are helpful for that, but it's kind of a foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, w- without that, you can, you can veer just like them. So, if, oh, I just need my Bible, me, my Bible, and Jesus. It's like, no, God gave you apostles and prophets and teachers and pastors throughout history for equipping the saints for ministry and without that you're gonna you're gonna veer i know i know i have veered in small ways without the confessions uh, and i like to be challenged too so you know my guilty pleasure is the westminster confession it does teach infant baptism something i've struggled with in the past greatly um, and it makes it makes sense to me why they do that Uh, but i'm okay taking that document and saying this is my document, but I make exceptions in these few places. Sure. Um, yeah, and I think it's I think it's really helpful. So, like, if you're listening, and yeah, like Pastor Mark saying is like you don't have an, this huge desire or interest to go read these. I would at least challenge you in this. Um, you may be a Christian who's like, how do I like figure out how to like best articulate what I believe? Yes. Um, that's where these documents are helpful because maybe you read Matthew. You've read it through and through a ton of times. And you're like, I just don't know what to get out of it. These documents like lay out like what's there by by way of doctrine. Like th- this doctrine we believe, and it gives reference. Like it, you, there's so many references. So if you get the app, um, here let me see. So if I click the app, the London Baptist Confession, start with the Holy Scripture. Yep, there it is. There are scriptures at the bottom. You click it, and it takes you to a link, um, which will take you to the scripture. So it, it talks about chapter one of the Holy Spirit in the London Baptist Confession. 
gives you Psalm 19, Proverbs 22, Isaiah 8:20, Luke 16, Romans 1, and, and on and on. So you can read this little paragraph, and then you have all those scriptural references. So don't just skip those. See where it's getting that from the scripture, and then move on. Um, and then that's your daily Bible reading. Do that for a little while. Um, yeah. Be- because the, the fact of the matter is, is a lot of us, we come to the scriptures and it's like tough sometimes. And, and that's where pastors get put on a pedestal. It's like, how did they get that? Just lots of study, right? And, and looking at, at, at different commentaries, which helps us. But the more you do this, it's going to become easier to, to read the scriptures, right? Like when you're like, oh, like I, now I see it. Because, right. because what it says here in the London Baptist Confession, uh, chapter one of the Holy Spirit, it says the Holy Spirit is the only sufficient, certain and infallible rule of saving knowledge, faith and obedience. Although the light of nature and the works of creation and providence do so far uh, manifest the goodness, wisdom, and power of God as to leave men inexcusable, right? So then you read that. Oh, sorry, not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Scripture, chapter 1, the Holy Scripture. I think I said Spirit. I don't know. Yeah, um, you did. But yeah, the Holy Scripture. So then you, you come to, to Romans 1.18. It says, uh, God's revealed himself through creation, therefore they're without excuse. Oh, it says it's, it's been shown the works of creation and providence have been manifested as to leave man, men inexcusable. You read Romans 1.18, you're like, boom, they talk about that in the London yep. Baptist Confession. They're Pro- giving proof it. text. And it's, it's real simple, right? And even there, uh, they've got that reference there for you, Romans 1.19 through 21. But, church, I mean, just, just in the past few years for myself, just sharing with you all, it's like, I, I've, I've talked about this before. I would come to a text. I would write down my first initial thoughts. Um... I would go grab a commentary and look at it, and I'd be like, "Man, I'm so far off." <laughs> like, but what they're saying makes sense. Most importantly, it makes oh, okay, I see that in the scripture. That is definitely what the scripture is saying. And then I do it again. Like, I'll go like to the next chapter, um, get a little bit closer because it's it's building on one another. By chapter three and four, my first thoughts are usually spot on, and it's because I'm challenging myself. Like, hey, what do I see? Like, I'm I'm working on reading comprehension. Right, and this is something like it's, it's taught in school, but church, it, it's tough to come by, right? Like, yeah, the the scriptures are spiritually discerned, and you have the spirit, um, but it's a it's a learning curve too. It's it's, it's trying to learn and piece together uh, God as He's revealed Himself, not God who we want Him to reveal Himself as, right? And and that's what these creeds are for is to help us know exactly uh, whom God is. Yeah, a- Amen. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually think that, I, I don't know, why, why do you think it is that this bores some people? Because there are certain doctrines that kind of bore me, per se. I, I'm, I'm, I've thought about that, why it doesn't excite people. Because I, I like the concept of a foundation. I like documents as a guardrail. I'm not going to go beyond this. Yeah. Any ideas on why do you think people, I think doesn't words, interest them? Words. Uh, long and... no. Tedious. No, words like mm-hmm. creeds, confessions, okay. catechisms. Yeah. Uh, so if you're Catholic, um, you're ahead of the game a little bit on catechisms, but you probably want nothing to do with them anymore. Right. So right. we start talking creeds, confessions, catechisms, you're like, ugh. Yeah. Um, me, I wasn't raised really in church. Like, I've shared my history with it. So, like, getting into the Word is exciting for me, right? Like, it's right. like coming across this scripture for the first time. And I've read the entire Bible through, but, like, really diving into this this part of the scriptures and and seeing what it has to say and like wanting to learn and see like what is church history said about this passage like one of the things I, I love to do is come across a controversial passage 
um, and see exactly how it's been debated, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like why has it been debated? Like, what do I need to believe and why do I need to believe it? Like, be, and I think, I mean, the, probably the root cause, uh, Mark, would be um, just a, a disinterest, um, just too formal, just, just in, the, in the scriptures, like just okay, yeah, and, that makes sense. And I think like obviously responsibility falls on the individual, um, but I'll, I'll at least say as church leaders, like sometimes it, you want to take caution and like this force um, because you know like David talks about delighting in the word, and no one can make you delight in it. I can tell you that Ohio pie is the best pizza in town. Hype it up, hype it up. But when you go and taste it, if you don't like it, then you don't like it, right? Right. Um, and I think, like, the scriptures have been force-fed to people for so mm-hmm. long where it's just kind of like, just like, I don't want to deal They're with that anymore. Taking for granted. Well, yeah. and, you know, like, I've talked with people, too. Like, they don't like to, to read the scriptures. And they're like, yeah. I just feel like I have to read it, but I like to listen. I'm like, so listen to it. Yeah. Like, we live in 2022. Listening right. to the scripture, I don't think God's going to look down on you right. if you're in the scripture. Yeah. Like, it looks different, of course, but... The fact of the matter is, too, like, uh, the state that I'm from, what state is that again? Uh, Texas? Oh, uh, no. They're definitely uh, illiterate down there. Idaho. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding about <laughs> Texas, too. But, like, some people in the hollers, they don't know how to read. Yeah. Their family, yeah. mind, they barely got through school. They can't read. So listen to the scriptures, right? Do, do both. Yeah. Blessed, blessed is the one who hear, reads and yes. hears these words. Yes, and that's why we read it, too, is, like, not everybody can can read um and not and that's the thing too not everybody has good reading comprehension like they they read but some people listen and they're like they pick up on things they pick up on cues right like they pick up on on tone because it's being read like that that's the thing too is like sometimes reading is difficult for people because you read it like in the beginning was the word and the word was with god like no like when paul's talking there's there's some emphasis on things it's like yeah uh, what are we to say? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound? That's a question. Right. And then he says, not by no means. He says, by no means, right? Like, yeah. no, it's we emphatic. are not to continue. Yeah. Like, so there's this emphasis. Emphasis. So when you listen to the Bible, um, you're able to get a lot more of that. Whereas I think some people struggle to have a reading voice in their head. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it's taking that, that stigmatism away. Like this, this idea that you have to do it this way and that way. Like, just do it, right? Like just do it. And the creeds and confessions are just a great guideline, I think, to help a lot of us. And like just give us that, that initial push to get going. Um, call it what you want. They're creeds, confessions, catechisms, right? But um, the three C's, and that once, points you to the big C, Christ. Yeah, yeah. and what, once you get it, right, once you've read them and you're fairly familiar, that, that groundwork has been laid. You know, I, I watched uh, What is a Woman by Matt Walsh, and that he's, he's on Dr. Phil, and they ask him, because uh, <clears throat> he, he asserts that a, a woman is an adult human female, and uh, the left can't answer that question, because uh, because of transgenderism, there's no answer that they give. And they asked Matt Walsh, "Why do you care so much about what a woman is?" And he says, "Because I care about what's true. I care about children. I care about people. But above all, I care about what's true." So I think one reason we should care is because it's true, and God has revealed it, and He's used these in His providence to help teach us, instruct us. Um, and, you know, to the point of the kids, you know, his answer was, because I care about kids. 
uh, this is for your children. You, you're you're going to probably maybe leave something behind for them as an inheritance, but nothing will be more valuable than their knowledge of the scriptures, which they can get through, yes, reading and, and hearing, but also summarizations like in the confessions and catechisms and, and creeds. Um, but yeah, I would say, I've been reading through Judges and I'm seeing the, the theme over and over of Israel sins. They're sent into slavery, they supplicate or pray, and then God saves them. That, that's a clear cycle seven times and seven times within seven times that happens. I see it in my life, the church sees it, you know, each individual church sees it where, you know, we sin, go into slavery, you know, we're, we supplicate and then we're saved. And there's an interesting uh, passage actually in chapter two that, or yeah, chapter three, it says, and the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord sold them into, okay, here, let me go back. Chapter two, actually. Now, these are the nations that the Lord left to test Israel by them. That is all in Israel who had not experienced all the wars in Canaan. It was only in order that the generations of the people of Israel might know war, to teach war to those who had not known it before. And my, my, my parallel here is that the reason that we have uh, error in this day and age is the, one of the reasons it was in the previous ages is so that God's children can learn how to fight the air with truth. And we have to do that to, yes, our, our offspring, but also our spiritual offspring, because every church that I've heard about who strayed from historic creeds and confessions, they have gone off the rails completely. And, and they're in these grounds. And it starts with, it's funny, like, oh, really, um, you know, saying, you know, complementarianism or you know, if you're if you're egalitarian, that's not that big of a deal. Oh no, it is. Look historically, every denomination that's become egalitarian has adopted LGBT. I think I think almost every one, and they're headed down that and a lot faster track. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, but I I think that we need to keep this for our posterity as well, not just ourselves. Yeah, I I mean I agree. I it's just interesting to me. Um, Creeds and confessions aside, like just we've got to know why we believe in what we believe, like what we believe and why we believe it, right? Um, Jesus says not just to go to all the nations, make disciples, right? Like we take that and we're like, and all it means we're supposed to go evangelize. Like making disciples goes beyond just like sharing the gospel, right? Because Jesus, in the very same breath, says teaching them to observe all that I've commanded, right? Everything. Um, and he says, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Like, there, you can't, you can't do the Great Commission, and we've done it so long. And and, and yes, like even from the pulpit, you may hear me say, you know, we are to go uh, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like you may hear that, but like I'm not leaving out the other part. Like it's not important. I'm just, I'm probably having an emphasis on, but the church is to have an emphasis. On, on all that he's commanded as well, that, that we are to go and to teach those things. But just like Paul and the logical way of thinking of how people are to come to know Christ, he says, um, and, and how are they to hear? So faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But how are they to hear unless someone's sent? And how are they to be sent unless someone says go, right? Like, right. And he goes through this logical line of thinking. So same with this. 
how are you to go to teach all that he's commanded if you've not heard and believed all that he's commanded? Yeah. Right? So, like, that, that goes to us as pastors first. Like, are we equipping the saints for the work of ministry to, to go and to make disciples that will make disciples? Um, and, and that's something that we, we want to do. So, like, when we put on um, a class or a theology class or a doctrinal class, right, or a new believers class, like, if we do some kind of class where you're learning, it's not just so we can puff up our ego and say, like, oh, we taught this really cool class and we had 12 people sign up. No, we're trying to equip you, right? We're trying right. To, to teach you um, as we have been taught, right? It's not like we're coming into that class like, trying to learn something ourselves. Uh, we're trying to share what we've learned. And, and sure, we're continuing to learn, right? You could read um, the same book over and over and you're just, you continue to learn. And it's definitely true of scripture with that. But like, if you read like just a normal fictional, non-fictional book, whatever, you read that over and over and it's like, wow, like this is really cool. Um, the scripture's so much more true about the scriptures. We are continuing to learn about God as he's revealed himself. Church, he's chosen to reveal himself through scripture. So you can you can pray about uh, things all you want, um, but if God has already revealed it, the answer to that prayer will probably be, open my word as I've told you to, right? Like, right. God, r- reveal your reveal your heart to me about homosexuality. Like, I just, I'm just really not sure about it. God, reveal your heart to me about, about greed. I, I really don't know if, if greed's actually a problem. So if you could just like lay it on my heart, like God's gonna be like, how about you, you turn to the scriptures where I say, you know, this, and I say that, like where I say this is a sin, I say that's a sin. How about you You turn to, to where it says, love your neighbor, and, and you're over here like literally hating the person that I've placed you beside him. You live at 304 East Union, but you're not serving the one at 302. You like flip them off over your fence. Like, what is up with that? I was wondering who that was. Yeah. Is that you, yeah. Michael? You're not my neighbor. I don't live in that fancy Who community. is my neighbor? I'm my glasses. You're not my neighbor. I don't live in that, that neighborhood <laughs> with the Zillow's estimates out the roof. It's kind of like I was just telling you, I was just telling you right before this that um, a friend of a friend was contemplating divorce and he was convinced he had the right to do so because his wife wasn't doing the things that he wanted. Nothing, nothing in, from the Bible that would allow the divorce, but he said, you know, I prayed about it and I have peace. And so I said, listen, you're not, you're not going to want to hear this. I said, but you don't need to pray about this. Um, God has already revealed his truth. And you should pray, right? He should pray about it, but it should be, God, change my heart. Um, but yeah, this is, to Michael's point, this is a reflection. It is a categorization of the scriptures. And they are, they are inerrant. Uh, they are not inerrant. I mean, they are not infallible, right? So I, I am certain they err uh, wherever they disagree with me, of course, uh, but they, and in general. But um, you know, one one example, it's like, what do you what do you believe about justification being declared righteous by God? Well, you know, the Roman Catholic Church says it's by faith and works, and they go to James two. See, look, it's not just by faith alone, but it's with works. And so you can look at the Westminster Confession in chapter 11 on justification, and you can look at any one of the points, but faith, um, faith, thus receiving and resting on Christ and his righteousness is the alone instrument of justification. Yet it is not alone in the person justified, but it is ever accompanied with all other saving graces and is no dead faith, but works by love. And then there's scripture proofs under there. Say, oh, I never really saw Romans 3.28. What does that one say? 
right? So it's, it's, it's a reference point for you to go and compare Scripture with Scripture. Um, yeah. But yeah, I get, all, I get all jazzed up on creeds and confessions. Well, yeah, and again, they're a good framework, and, and they really just help us to begin to, to articulate. And that's where, like, the catechism, like, really comes in, too, is, like, that Q&A of, like, then you've got not only, like, this lengthy answer, but you can get a short, quick answer of, like, when someone asks you, you know, like... Right, yeah, like, what is God? Yeah, like, what does it mean to be justified? Like, you get, like, a quick answer. Yeah, what is God? Um what is the church, right? What right. is sin? Yeah. Um, yeah. What is hell? What is heaven? Like those basic things where, you know, you're, you're beginning to actually like form and, and build off of the foundation, but you're forming this, this framework of how you are to, to view things and to live and to operate. And we just, I think myself included, we neglect this a lot, um, in our life. Um, you know, just for the sake of the gospel, like, Oh, like these things aren't, aren't as important or they don't really matter. It's like, no, they do matter. So like, even when we say secondary issues, we're not saying they don't matter. We're saying that it doesn't mean that there's a reason for disfellowship. Um, so that's just, it's just really important, I think, to understand and um, begin to, to enjoy. So, you know, I, on, on the, the point of kids, if you have small children, um, we we'd mentioned how this is one of the best things you can you can do for them, and there are children's catechisms too, throughout church history that are concise. Actually, the Westminster Shorter Catechism is very concise, and I've tried teaching it my to my children. And one thing I'm I've become more convinced of is, you know, we we give our kids a lot of sugar, not inordinate amounts, but you know, in in contrast to what we should be doing. And I, same with entertainment, and we've been scaling that down and. We want to. I want to basically give them sugar when they're reading the scriptures or on the Lord's Day and make that exciting. It's not manipulation or anything, but it, it does make fond memories. And so, you know, reward your kids with with candy or some kind of reward for memorizing questions on the on the catechism. Like, what is God? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Just start with a few questions. You can even you can even that trim that down. Come up with your own catechism for your kids or for yourselves, right? You can actually copy and paste and then delete some things that maybe are redundant or not as relevant to the question. And now you now you have that as right. a bullet point. Yeah. Well the New City Catechism is great for that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not like as deep as uh, some of these confessions and creeds, but uh, they do a really good job with that. They even have a curriculum too, like to take your kids through. So like it would help you actually like teaching it and like figuring it out. Um, but there's like a lengthy, a little bit of a lengthy answer. And then like you'll notice if you get the book, um, there's like a colored part of the answer and that's for the kids. So like it shortens it down. So whereas it might say like, what did you say uh, that answer is? What is God? Yeah, what is God? Can you read that answer yeah. again? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being. Wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. So that one would probably say, like, God is a spirit. Have that, like, highlighted for the kids. Like, right. just, just knowing right. that. And as they get older, maybe, like, they've got it figured out, and you know that they can start to memorize, like, you know, like, Maylee would probably have a tough time with God is a spirit, infinite, Infin- <laughs> eternal. Etern- yeah, yeah. Yeah, unchangeable. Then, right, so, like. Then the, the next one, are there more gods than one? You could just say no. no. <laughs> right. How many gods are there? One. How yeah. many persons in God? Three. That's 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 actually a great point. You know, like Maley's age, 
she's not going to remember her. And, and that's anything. really, so like we've gone through the new city catechism, like part of it, like on this podcast, but like, um, it was really developed for kids, but I think it's good for, for all people too. Like it's just, it's basic. Right. And like, and I think that's a good place to start. So like, maybe you're like, man, this is too lofty for me. Like, that's fine. Like maybe don't dive right into the London Baptist confession, read right. through the new city catechism and you're yeah. like, Oh, okay. Like I, I want a little bit more. Like that was, that was good. That was easy to go through. And, and for me, I, I don't like boundaries in my life a lot. But when it comes to like something so important like this, I do. Right. I love boundaries. Yeah. So the creeds and confessions and new like the catechisms, they help me kind of like form that boundary. Like I, I want that. Like I want to yeah. know what's right and wrong because it's not like I'm just like being a terrible friend to you. Right. It's I'm being a terrible follower of Christ if I don't love him. Right. Yeah. Like I mean ultimately like, yeah. oh wow, like that sounds so harsh, but it's like, no, like God gave you a new life to live for him. So like live for him. And that doesn't just mean like going out and being nice. Like right. it means teaching all that he's commanded. Yeah. And you, you talk about orthopraxy, right? It, what precedes orthopraxy is orthodoxy. Believing right uh, dictates behavior. How, how can you do what's right if you don't know what's right? Y- yeah. You're, right? Just, you're just wandering aimlessly like a ship on the sea in the middle of a storm just back and forth. Right. So you, you need the anchor and you can you can find that in a combination of these right. in, in one of these. And be careful because there are some that are not great that are put like you know, like the, the thirty thirty nine articles. I love that, the Church of England, and I think it gets a lot of stuff right. Uh, starts with the Trinity, for instance. Um, of of his going down into hell. I, I would disagree with how many of them interpret that. Um you know, of marriage of priests, and uh, maybe I would agree with them on that one. But yeah, th- there's, there's just you have to be careful, you know, mm-hmm. and and figure out where you stand and be able to articulate why you believe what you believe. And these will help with that. What do you think about the Nashville statement? You know, I I saw that one on here. I read it a while ago. I remember a lot of people um, signing it a few years ago. Yeah, I actually never, I I don't remember that one. It, was it about marriage mainly? Uh, quite a few things, but I do think it dealt a lot with uh, genderism, oh, sexuality. Yes. Yeah, uh, from from what I recall, I think, I think I. I thought it's I think it's it mainly good. it's mainly that. Yeah. Uh, and complementarianism, like God's design of man and woman. Right. Which right. is, <laughs> it's funny. It was like controversial, and it's like what? Yeah. It's but it's, again, like that's the thing. Is like that's why it's important to to know like what's right and wrong. Um, now, now with orthopraxy, this doesn't mean that you go around like shouting confessions from like the gazebo at the square. Like, really though? <laughs> like, like it's just like because a lot of these things they don't make sense to the world. Like, and right. and I've taken the approach like if someone asks me what I believe, like I'm not afraid to say it. Like, I thought Joe Thorne had a really good point when we hung out with him last year in Nashville yeah. that uh, there was a lesbian couple. Remember, he said that they like poked at him. I think they went to the same cigar lounge and they like finally asked him like. Hey, hey, Joe, what do you think about us? And, like, they held each other's hands. He's like, what do you mean? Like, what I, th- I think you all are, like, cool people. Like, and he meant that yeah. by, like, person, like, he's been in the lounge with them. He's seen how they enter. Like, right. you don't right. seem like the kind of people, like, I don't want to be in here with. Yeah. And, like, but they were poking, and they were like, well, like, what do you think about, like, us being together? And he's like, well, if you're asking, like, what I believe based off of a book that's thousands of years old, he's like, I believe it. I believe what the book says, even though it's thousands of years old. I follow it. I practice it. I believe right. every word that it says. Um, 
And he's like, and if you want to believe it too, like that's like what it said. Remember like how he said that? Like I thought yeah, it was really he, good. He they was, they, they specifically, yeah. And that's the thing is like, like there are times where like you go out and preach the gospel and you condemn some things that are going on culturally, like that, that are prevalent within right. culture. Like, right. so like, what is our culture dealing with? There, there are calls for times to like speak publicly about those things. Um, but ultimately like the idea isn't for you to go like learn the creeds and go scream them at people. Like yeah, it's that it's to help you. Them. Yeah. It's right. to help you. And, and the creed, it may help you with a non-believer where they're asking you a question and disputing whether or not the Bible actually says this. And then you'd be able to say, like, no, the Bible says that God is spirit. Here, let me show you from Psalm whatever. Let me show you from Genesis. Right. Like, that the Trinity was always there, that we create man in our image. Like, right. oh, our? Yeah, yeah. well, that word Plural. there means gods. Does it mean multiple gods? No, but it reveals, as we see through Genesis to Revelation, the Trinity, right. one God revealed in three persons, um, so that's what that word would mean. So you see in the very beginning, you see the Trinity, that the, that the Spirit's hovering over the water, like, right? right? And, and even with believers, you've got to be careful. Again, there, there are points to put your foot down on, and then there are points that are, that are just a little less important that we need to be gracious. And, you know, like if you looked at our conversations in the past doctrinally, I, I don't think, I think we've pulled out confessions to, to defend different positions on why we hold what, what we were disagreeing I just about. Out scripture. You, you, you got right to the source. Yeah, I mean, we obviously I just that's prayed the goal, about it. But I'm at peace with my belief. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you, you know, you can you can defend you can defend yourself as a concise statement or just quote scripture like Michael. In, yeah. in a superior fashion. And I'll wrap this up here. Maybe this doesn't excite you. Just know that the Bible should excite you. The God who saved you should excite you. So what we're saying is, is hey, maybe these creeds, confessions, and catechisms will just help you build a framework because yeah. we are to love God. We are to serve God. And by serving God, we are to also serve others. It's, it's an act of worship that we would present ourselves a living sacrifice, Paul says, which is our spiritual worship. Um, it's good and holy and acceptable to God um, that we would do that, present ourselves as a living sacrifice sacrifice so to do that we ought to know what we believe and why we believe it because god has chosen to reveal himself through the scriptures the catechisms just help you get that framework um and it's, it's helpful for me and let me just be blunt i'm not the best reader i'm not the best at picking up at everything we know uh, picking up every every topic <laughs> and and all the nuances that are there uh so these help me kind of get a framework while directing me into the scriptures to see uh, where it says this, so why I should believe it. I don't know if you've got a final statement. Yeah, I would just say this. Um, back to the, the Westminster Confession or Catechism, question one, what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. If you remember nothing else and just that one thing, now you've learned a catechism mm -hmm. question and answer that brings purpose to your life. That is why we are here to give God glory, which is rightly due him, and enjoy him, which is rightly due him as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm at, like, so again, the Basically, gospel is a picture, or marriage is a picture of the gospel. We are his bride. Right. Um, you know, like, Aubrey and I wouldn't be in a, a good marriage if we weren't learning about one another, loving one another, delighting in one another, right. pursuing one another. So how can we be a faithful bride to, the, mm. to our Lord who saved us? Um, if we're not learning about him and cherishing yeah. him and, and telling people about him. Like, yeah, you don't want to be the person who goes around like, my wife is awesome. Like, yeah, my <laughs> wife, she's the best wife. Everything's perfect. But, like, we do. Like, we brag on people. Like, 
Aubrey started making rugs, and like I thought it was so cool. We had a few people over. I'm like, let me go get it. Like let, they were asking about the rug. I was like, it's inside. I'll go get it and show it to you. Like we do those kind of things for the people we love. Right. Why don't we do it for God? Yeah. All right, church, we hope that this podcast helped you to put Jesus and Rick Warren into perspective. If you have any questions about this podcast, a previous podcast, or about a relationship with Jesus, please email us at engage at newhilloh.com or go to newhilloh.com slash ask to send in your questions for a biblical response. Church, go and honor God in all that you do. Observe the things he's commanded. Provide to the needs of others and extend the offer that's been extended to you. Peace. Godspeed.